hello, welcome to the Florida Woman Podcast. I was a bad boy last night. I was a bad boy. Tell them what you did. We had a whole bunch of people over to our rooftop. Whole bunch of people. It was a great fucking time. We grilled out. Um, everyone in fucking Brooklyn is goddamn vegan though. So I spent all day making sausage and peppers and everyone brought their own Beyond Meats, which was fine. I grilled those up for them just the same. But I was like, damn, dude, like <laughs> I didn't know half of y'all were fucking vegetarianists. Anyway, so um so we had a party, it was great. Beer was drunk, food was ate, probably not enough food, probably too much beer. And then around about 10 o'clock, it was Morbin time. It was fucking over. It was over the line. I was started, past the legal oh, limit. Oh, man. He, I turned into the cleaning computer. Mm-hmm. This is something that I do when I get fucking, when I get wasted, when I get like blackout, I just, I shut off and I start doing tasks around the house. I start cleaning up the house. It's pretty crazy to So witness. I cleaned everything and organized everything. During the party. During the party. So People weird. were there. People were like, bro, come, what are you calm doing? down. Come enjoy. And I was like, I gotta do this. <laughs> I don't know if <laughs> you said must anything. Be I didn't say anything. A cleaning robot. Yeah, I was a cleaning point. robot. Yeah, I was a cleaning computer. I was a Roomba. You were a Roomba. <laughs> I was a little Roomba buzzing around. Uh, <laughs> yup. It was yeah, I got I drank way too much. And it was funny. I started falling asleep standing up. Oh, that happens okay. though. <laughs> nah, it's not good. Nah, we it's all not good. took it's, care of them. We were on Nathan Patrol. Yeah, everyone was on Nathan Patrol. That's so it's so really? annoying. I know, I know. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. Are you going to um, be a grown-up from now on? I'm going to be a grown-up. I promise I'm okay. going to be a grown-up from now on. All right. We were, we were laughing this morning. First. Yeah, we were and laughing last. this morning because I, I, I don't know what it is. I have superior Neanderthal genes, but I wake up and um, I woke up this morning feeling fine. I felt fine all day long. It's a beautiful day. No hangover, no nothing. Um, but it was like, you know, I get the consequences. I got to give myself some consequences. You so have like, to give yourself the consequences. Yes, I know. Because the hangover does didn't not ha- give yeah. them to you. I'm telling you, it's my superior Neanderthal de- genes. From your mom. From my mom. Mm-hmm. Shout out mom. But yeah, but we were laughing this morning because it was like, you know, we're trying to start a family. We're getting married. Kelsey was like, that's not husband behavior. That's not that's not father behavior. Mm-mm. That's ex-boyfriend behavior. Definitely. <laughs> you know what that's, I mean? You don't have custody of the kids. Yes, behavior. exactly. Exactly. That that's absolute that's deadbeat dad behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Now it's one thing, it's one thing to have a it's one thing to have a party and drink some beers while you're grilling. It's another thing to become Roomba. <laughs> to become a fucking Roomba. Yeah, it's weird. It's a strange side effect, yeah, I'll say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm fucking embarrassed. I got I showed my ass. My tail's between my legs. Oh. I feel bad about it, but I learned my lesson. Well, there's someone else that I do want to tell you about today that oh, yeah? also walked away from her career in the U.S. Navy and in NASA yeah. with her tail between her legs because of a mistake Nice she made. segue. Good mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get into the topic. Okay. Let's dive deeply into some so, shit. How about that? It really that? is just a simple story. It's a... I'm, I'm going to pitch this like it's a movie. Okay? Go for it. it. Just, you know that like movie movie yeah. card pitching game? Like that like yeah. that little board game? Yeah, I feel like we love that's, that game. I feel like that's this. And I just drew like four cards that have nothing to do with one another. And I have to like take those disparate parts and just like smash them together yeah. and make them fit. And yes. like weave it into a narrative. So, okay. Let's go. It's a classic love triangle. Mm-hmm. A tale as old as time. It's something we know works. Yes. But set in space. Fuck yeah. And not just in space, but set to the backdrop of early NASA. Ooh. Love triangle between astronauts. Awesome. Our protagonist, a brilliant scientist and robotics genius, a perfectionist and overachiever, an astronaut, uh, one of the first women to attend the Naval Academy, okay, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and to be chosen for the space mission by NASA. A feminist pioneer, you'd say, in space travel. Her life, picture perfect. It's the early aughts, okay? Her hair is fluffy. Her eyebrows are thin. Mm-hmm. You know, her bangs are wispy. Yeah, yeah. Does she have the poofy out bangs yes, that curl backwards towards her own forehead? Indeed. Nice. 
She wins every accolade. She wins yeah. every award. She wins every milestone. She's got a family of three, a boy, twin girls, an adoring husband, a beautiful home. She, the nation has nicknames for her. Astro mom. You know, she's kind of yeah. America's sweetheart in space. Yeah. Until, until she meets her kryptonite. Uh-oh. A fellow astronaut, a ladies' man with kind deep warm brown eyes and a devilish smile and that kind of boxy haircut that like military types have a robotics genius falls head over heels for this man and they carry on a torrid affair this is the stuff romance novels are made of he leaves his wife she leaves her husband but just then just then when she thinks she's landed the bad boy player for good she's finally tamed him he tells her he's met someone else. And the <sighs> oh. events that follow are scandalous. We have jealousy. We have tragedy. We have a woman whose perfect life is unraveling faster, faster, faster than oh, space time. Faster, faster than the speed than of light. Yeah, nice. A woman who snaps and then hears the call. The call of the wild. The call of Florida. Yes. <laughs> Brilliant, babe. Brilliant. I'm buying it. I'm buying the rights. I'm buying the rights. I that does sound like a fucking good movie. I will say, I can't believe nobody's tried to do a movie about this yet. Ah, fuck, they have. They have. They made a movie yep. about Lisa Nowak. Yep, it's called Lucy in the Sky, and it stars Natalie Portman and Shut John up. Hamm. Shut up. We gotta I watch won't. this movie. Oh, I'll tell you all about that movie later. Oh my god, I can't oh, wait. Oh yeah, give you a little rundown. Let's go. So, um, as you may have understood already, mm-hmm. this is the story of NASA astronaut Lisa Nowak and her assault and attempted kidnapping mm-hmm. at the Orlando International Airport in 2007. Wow. This is a story of the first astronaut to ever be arrested, <laughs> and it involves an adult wearing diapers. So if nothing else yes. keeps you here to the end, by God, that oughta. Absolutely. She was born Lisa Marie uh, Caputo on May really? 10th, 1963, in Washington, D.C. Uh-huh. Now, from the very beginning... Lisa has big dreams. She's just one of those kids, right? Italian-American ex- excellence. Oh, absolutely. You know? Actually, her, her parents had high-powered jobs as well. I think one was like a computer scientist. Nice. Yeah. Big stuff happening for them. Waste management consultant. <laughs> no, no. No. Okay, okay. No, very proper people. <laughs> um, so she watched the moon landing when she was five yeah. with her parents. Mm-hmm. And she knew right then and there that she wanted to be an astronaut. That is She so wanted to go cool. to space. That's like you. That's like what you did when only you watched the Disney Channel. And you're like, I'm going to be a star. I know. (laughs) I know. I watched like one Shirley Temple movie and I was like, that's me. That's me. I'm her. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible, terrible, terrible. Okay. Lisa Um, Caputo. So she was a straight A student. She Mm -hmm. was a well-decorated Girl Scout. Nice. Yeah. A decorated Girl Scout. (laughs) I guess that's true. Yeah, it's... It, you can earn you earn your little badges. You earn your right? little badges, just like in the military. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder about the Girl Scouts. Something tells me that it's uh-huh. actually like sort of a nice organization, as I, opposed I, to I the think Boy so. Scouts, which oh, I would no, never send our kids to. Diddle Factory. Diddle Factory. Yeah, yeah. No. 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 That's a finger farm. <laughs> you don't want to send your kids to the Boy Scouts. <laughs> I was a Boy Scout for a minute. I know. I quit immediately because I was like, this shit sucks fucking yeah it's a weird like it's an authority thing they yeah. make you have this weird like mm-hmm. little boot licking authority yeah mentality yeah i was like dude i signed up because i wanted to shoot bows and arrows and go camping and fucking like whittle shit i didn't sign up to fucking learn how to be a good boy yeah i hear that girl scouts i never did it when i was a kid yeah. but i hear that they also sign up for the same reasons and they're like what we don't camp we don't what do, do we archery? fucking do here? We don't whittle sticks. We they no, you learn collect how to... badges for kindness. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah, I think that that learn, is learn what how it to is. be good girls. Yeah, yep. learn how to be good girls and learn how to sew. Salespeople, yeah, sewing for sure. Yeah, for sure. But the Boy Scouts has a sales component too, right? The popcorn. It's just not good. It yeah, does, it doesn't we matter. Did the popcorn. Totally we did the popcorn. We did the popcorn every year. It's completely average popcorn. Yep. But I will tell you, it's really fucking fun to have it. Basically, like a like a 10 gallon barrel of popcorn that's that's pretty cool it's fun 
with the like divider divides it into three ways. You get the caramel, oh, you get the yeah. crunchy red shit, and Ooh. then you get the fucking. What was the crunchy red shit? It was like cinnamon. It was like candy cinnamon popcorn. Oh, oh it was great. It was oh, I the think best. I like that. Yeah, you would. You would like it, but it was stale. You know, it was, it was weird, always bad stale, Boy right? Scout popcorn. But mm-hmm. yeah, but right. yeah, it was good shit. It was it was exciting to get those. Do you remember from Chicago, Garrett's popcorn? Yes, I do. Yeah. Yeah, Man, Garrett's popcorn. That's a Good Chicago shit. experience. It's like walking past that, smelling. It's just a lot, listeners. It's just it's a lot. if you ever it's been to the Midwest, you know what I'm talking about. Big, you, people, you're constipated for days. Big portions. Big portions down there. Oh yeah. Big rich flavors. Uh-huh. Old. Only rich. Flavors, only rich. Actually, <laughs> I know. That's the thing. Not no well other balanced. flavors. Yeah. Mm-mm, allowed. No. Um. So anyway, uh, she spoke fluent French. She was on the student council. Of course. This reminded me, Nathan. Mm -hmm. When we went to a networking event thrown by like my high school, my boarding school that I went to in California. Uh Uh And we met some of my classmates who told me that I was on the student council. Yeah. (laughs) You remember that? And I didn't remember. Of course I do. I still don't remember that. That's fucking hilarious. But it was a number of students. It wasn't just one or two. (laughs) You had an anorexic blackout. I did. You fucking blacked out your high school. Your whole high school experience. Yes. The like the class president. Yeah, the was fucking like, class oh, president. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember you were my and I honestly don't even know what he said. You were my treasurer or you were my secretary. God, I <laughs> still fucking don't know. I can only but imagine how much work you did for that organization. I probably did don't so even remember. much work. And I was like, oh, you're funny. Like, Hilarious. yeah, yeah. I remember when I did that. And he was like, what's funny, dude? And you I had were, to like explain it to you. Were the treasurer? Yeah, he had to explain it to me that I had like a vital role in student government. <laughs> and you school. forgot. And I still Damn. don't remember it. You could have been an astronaut. I was like voted in or something too. Said like it was a dad, dad astronaut. <laughs> astronaut with two S's. Please. Fuck yeah. Okay, so mm-hmm. she's on the math team. And I'm exploring deep space, if you know what I mean. <sighs> <laughs> the listeners love it. The listeners love it. Actually, when I first wrote this, mm-hmm. when I wrote math team, yeah. It auto-corrected it to meth team. Meth team? <laughs> That's a Florida I sport. I noticed it later and I was like, what? She was Florida on high schools team? have a meth team. A meth team. Fuck yeah. No, she, <laughs> she was on math on the team, meth huh? team. She was a mathlete? Yeah, a mathlete. Nerd. Um, she was a varsity athlete. Cool. In fact, she was voted student athlete of the year as a That's junior. Sick. What I sport know. did she play? Uh, track and field. Nice. Cool. And she graduated as co-valid Victorian. Tight. Legit. Um... Kind of uh, sucks to have to split that in half, but I know, not funny. Two kids. What with did they get exactly? Four point nine 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 nine. I know. How does it get like that? <laughs> I don't know. They should have to have a fist fight. Oh yeah, or like um, or like you know, we can Greco Roman wrestling it down a little bit, and they could just have like an arm wrestling slapping match. match. Yeah, or arm wrestling. That's good. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. Cool. Some sort of physical altercation. Right? Apparently, I was like fourth in my class or something. Like I was like not. I was not salutatorian, but I was like two spots down. What? What is it? Salutatorian. Salutatorian. Isn't that the second? You're valid Victorian and then salutatorian. Right? Dude, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I, then there was like some other person, and then there was me. So I was like pretty high up there. <laughs> you were fourth. I was like fourth. You got like the green ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's, that that yeah. rocks. The valid Victorian was a friend of mine. She was like a cherubically cheeked visual arts student with like stupid good SAT scores. Of course. From San Francisco. Of course. She. I remember she, she hot. Um, did you bang her? Did I bang her? No. <laughs> a teacher banged her. No. Yeah. That's how she got valedictorian. No. It was preferential Nathan. treatment. No. He was the... He clapped that ass too nicely. <laughs> he was the comparative religion teacher. Whoa. He of course. really into spirituality. Of course he was. He taught her like Buddhism and Hinduism. She like became Sick. a Hindu and she like had a guru and everything. This was your this was your cool art school up in the mountains mm-hmm. in California. Yeah. yeah. And he waited till nice. she graduated and was 18. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But he met her and was her mentor starting when she got to school, Mm -hmm. which was her freshman year, which is pretty rare at boarding schools like these ones that you go all four years. Oh my Um, god, you fucking as a fourteen year old, he was probably like by your counselor. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Dude, I bet he had long, smelly hair. He did. Cool scruff, or Um, was he scruffless? No, no scruff. Nice, short scruff. Bare feet. Bare feet. Bare feet. Skinny. Sinewy. Mm-hmm. Sinewy. Yes, mm-hmm. that's it. Rock climbing. That's a whole type of guy. Guy. That's a whole type of guy. Yeah, he had, she, she would go to, because he, he lived uh-huh. just off campus. Yeah. 
kind of sporting school. Yeah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And she would go water his plants for him at his house and stuff. Oh, dude. Mm-hmm. He could not wait to clap those cheeks. He could cheeks. not wait. That is so creepy. He waited until she was legal. Legal, 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 legal. No, she was pretty. She was very, like, pure pretty. Yeah. Like, very, like, almost like granola pretty. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, never dyed her hair. Yeah. Never, like, never used any face got creams. It, got it, got but, it, like, it, just yeah. somehow just had, like, yeah, they rosy were made for cheeks each other. and just, like, bright eyes. Guys like that, people call them, like, Jesus-looking guys, which is kind of funny because <laughs> Jesus, what Jesus actually looked like was, like, a, like probably, like, a short Arab guy with, oh, like, sure. curly hair. You know what I mean? <laughs> he looks like a, he looks like an Albrecht Durer type of fella. Anyway, fucking, um, yeah, what a creep, dude. Just sniffing her neck for four years. Do you, do you know, want to know what his name was? What was his name? Shambo. Shambo. I would have <laughs> never guessed that. Shambo. Oh, I'm Shambo, sure that you wasn't dog. His given name. Okay. Shambo. He chose Shambo for himself. I'm sure he did. Shambo, you dog. He like you know, been sniffing to at the young pussy. Stuff. Get out of the fucking. Get out of he's here. He's a fox in the hen house, dude. I know. Get out of the hen house. Stop fucking the kids. I remember I cried. Stop about my- fucking the kids. That should be our fucking catchphrase on this podcast. We say it every episode. Stop touching the kids. We do have to say it every episode. Don't this touch the children. This podcast somehow forces us to say that every goddamn episode. It's we're, we're an anti-pedophile podcast. Anti-pedophile. Us and Alex Jones, baby. Oh yeah, baby. I'm right Pedophiles. there with Alex. Vampires. Um. Yes. Anyway, where was I? Oh. Um. I remember once when we got our SAT scores back. Yeah. She's like, I was crying. You were crying. Oh, they were like totally mediocre scores. And oh. she like had insane the scores. The best scores. Like yeah. the best you could ever yeah. get. Yeah, and yeah. I remember she was like rubbing my back and I and she was <laughs> she was like Yeah. She was like she couldn't argue that they weren't great, but yeah. she made sure to tell me that they were in fact above average. <laughs> <laughs> and that That's I even should worse. take some solace in that. That's no. even worse. No, I was comforted by that. Were you really? Okay. Yeah, because I thought it was like pure stupidity oh and then baby. like you have a complex of course that, like it what they were above average but like yeah Ooh, guys the pod got a little spicy <laughs> we had to do some editing here uh just know that we uh uh um um <laughs> we've never said anything bad in our entire life uh and we respect and honor the uh the differently abled yeah, yeah. I mean, I just had this like total narrative about myself that I still have. You still have that, that. I'm like addicted to this story about how I'm dumb and like how Why? like Why? my brain like discards any incoming information that like doesn't align with that story and just like <laughs> literally throws it away. But like I will ha- have a black hole where that information. Like I just so remembered funny. this a few years ago. It's so funny. And then like yeah, yeah. I just go around thinking I have a drafty attic upstairs. <laughs> Brain. you don't have a drafty like, attic you don't have an empty wallet up every there. once in a while i remember like in researching this lisa noack story right. i'm like oh yeah i was like fourth in my class or whatever yeah you're smart i mean my class had like 80 students <laughs> right but like still. 120 i don't remember how many but not a lot anyway you're an so, overachiever and you're super smart to reiterate lisa marie caputo excelled uh-huh. at everything she did she was yeah. a driven perfectionist she was hyper focused she was brilliant yep. she graduated from high school in 1981 She got into Brown and Ivy League, but she chose to attend the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland, instead to better support her goal of going to space. Eyes on the prize, baby. Mm -hmm. Good for her. She even ran on their track and field team. Nice. So That's cool. Women were first admitted to Annapolis in 1976. So by the time that Caputo entered in Mm -hmm. 1981, there were women there. Wow, yeah. But not many. Yeah, no kidding. There were... At least there was at least one woman in each of the four classes, freshman, yeah. sophomore, junior, senior. Uh-huh. But they only made up six percent of the student body. She's like um, uh, Jodie Foster in *The Silence of the Lambs*, like two, doing the FBI training at the beginning of the movie. Hell yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine yeah. her. Yeah. While we're talking about yeah. Lisa. Yep. Do you think that would be like? Because I feel like that's like a male fantasy in some ways. If it was reversed. What is? But I think ultimately it would still be just overwhelming. Like if, what *The if Silence it, of the Lambs*. No, oh, no. I know what you're saying. If it was like, <laughs> if there, if you went to a school that was six percent male. Yeah. If I was, I mean, so that I, I think it just boils down to the way that uh, men and women procreate. Really, 
Mm. Um, Because, you know, I would be, yeah, I would be elated to be surrounded by girls all the time. Except for, you know, I would miss the bros. Frankly, I would miss the bros. But I would would love to be surrounded by women. That is a male fantasy for sure. Well, even as someone who likes men. Overwhelmed by mommies and milkies. Oh, man. Didn't you have a kid in your class that called everyone mommy oatmeal? I had a differently abled kid in my class right, who called right. who called everyone mommy oatmeal. He was the best. His name's Brian. Shout he out sounds Brian. like a lady killer. Like no joke. I'm not he, saying that. No, to be funny. he had stupid amounts of confidence. Okay, not wrong wording. He had lar- high levels of confidence. Uh, I got high you. levels of confidence. Mm-hmm. He was the man. I don't know what was wrong with him. I think it was like super premature and he just was born with like seven different, different like, problems. Yeah. yeah. And he, he, you know, I mean, he was intellectually disabled, Kelsey Ann. <laughs> um, but yeah, he would just stroll up to ladies and be like, mommy oatmeal. And he had, he had the signature hand move. It was like the shaka sign. He would like. Yeah, like a surfer bra yeah, kind of. He'd be like, you're mommy oatmeal. I'm daddy oatmeal. You're Ooh. red hot sugar mommy. Like that. And the girls loved him. Oh, they loved him. they did. Brian was the man. I bet he flirted with all his handlers, all his carers. Uh-huh. Everybody was oatmeal. Something oatmeal. Or I was re- daddy oatmeal. Or red hot sugar mama? That's sick. There was... No. Okay. It, there was a girl who... I, listen. She was real cute. I had a crush on her uh-huh. too. But Brian was, was the one who stole her heart. Oh my God. Yeah. her. She was super She was super pretty. Always liked her. She was super cool. Um, But she uh, didn't like me. So that's mm, fine. Well, so like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she Brian liked Brian. Wins. Brian wins. Well, Flawless my, victory. My no, but Brian would stroll up to her and do his little Shaka sign and go like, What's up, red hot sugar mommy? I love that for him. Dude, he's the best. My brother's differently abled, so I feel like I can have maybe a little leeway. On I think the, that gives me 10 the times of saying there? it on the yeah, arsler. I think so. Too. And then after that, maybe people can complain. <laughs> you get 10 per I get, episode. I think I get 10 reps. Yep. <laughs> okay. Um, so in um, 1981, female cadets were still pre- probably like heavily harassed by like the male oh, yeah. student yeah, 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 body yeah. Uh-huh. and like 100%. there was even a male professor that was teaching he would have taught lisa as well he was teaching at the time mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. that would have formed his classes routinely in a lecture hall with mm-hmm. women in attendance yeah that he did not think that women belonged there right okay of so, course of course that was happening. that's going on in her it was psyche. 1981 yeah 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 the guys were still in charge back then well, and they don't. They belong the in good the good old days. We all know that. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway. Of course. Um, Lisa graduated from the Naval Academy in Annapolis in 19... 19- I really do think I belong in the kitchen, though. I actually You belong do. in the kitchen? Yeah. I think I was just always destined to be barefoot and pregnant. Like, I don't... <laughs> I just want to be a wifey. Yeah, In a of house. Course. We just don't have a house, so I can't be a housewife. Yeah. Because we don't have a house. And I do the cooking. I know, but you're so good at it. <laughs> So you literally should be standing around being being <laughs> pregnant. I mean, let's that manifest that reality, baby. Let's fucking do it. That was like the ultimate, the lowest of the low mm-hmm. uh, lifestyle that I could have imagined for myself when I was growing up. But it's like, your greatest fantasy. Now it's my greatest fantasy. Duh. That's that's always kind of funny when like sometimes if you get a few drinks into a really powerful like successful woman, uh-huh. they'd be like, "Who said that we could do jobs?" I know. They'll be like, we should have never let them know that we could do jobs. No, who let on? What stupid <laughs> fucking bitch let on that we were smart enough to have a fucking job? Because it's it, biting me in the ass Exactly. Right now. It, w- it We had it so good. That's what they were saying. Yeah. Obviously, it's a joke. Joke. Everyone. Joke, joking. joke, joke. Okay. So Lisa graduated from the Naval Academy in Annapolis in 1985. Nice. And also, it would be this year that she would never change her hairstyle Again. (laughs) X marks the spot, 1985. It was locked in. Although that was a pretty standard style for a good 20 years there. You're right. If she she had to pick a 1985 hairstyle that lasted the Mm -hmm. longest for her, that that had the most longevity, it was the one she had. Sort of fluffy, Mm -hmm. like a little longer than shoulder length, Mm -hmm. a lot of volume. Sometimes it was curlier than other times. The lunch lady bangs. Lunch lady bangs that had that look like you put a soda can in between your forehead and the bang where it starts. That's what it's for. You put them up there. It holds it. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Um, So after graduating from the Naval Academy, they're still doing that? Oh, yeah. They're still doing that in Texas. God, they're slow down there. Yeah, slow, but not like that. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. All right. So she graduated. Then afterwards. Or actually, yes, like that. 
She went to the Naval Academy where she was assigned to VAC 34, call sign flashbacks, a tactical electronic warfare squadron of the U.S. Navy. That's such a cool string of words. I know. Tactical electronic warfare squadron. That's sick, dude. Yep. Man, she was killing it. She was killing it. Um, It was established on March 1st, 1983 at the Pacific Missile Test Center in Point Mm -hmm. Magoo, California. The squadron was formed to provide realistic training for ship crews to encounter Soviet electronic and cruise missile threats. Whoa. Also, the squadron was like girl power. Really? It actually goes down in the history books because Rosemary Bryant Mariner, Mm -hmm. which is amazing because she's a a naval officer. Yeah, naval officer. Yeah, her name is Mariner. Um, She assumed command of this squadron in 1990, and that was... It became the first U.S. military aviation squadron to be commanded by a woman. Let's go. That rocks. Yep. And babe so squad. Lisa was under her control. Babe squad. I know. It's the babes. It is. That's so cool. Yep. So Lisa was flying these like insanely cool like military warplanes. Yeah. Being really like badass and stuff. Yeah. Um, it was at that academy. That's the shit. That Lisa met her husband Richard, who was a cool. fellow student there. And they decided to get married, and they uh-huh. started a family mm-hmm. in February 1992, just two years, two months after you were born. That's right. That's she right. had her first child, a wow. son. Um, that same year uh, that she was pregnant with her mm-hmm. son, mm-hmm. she completed a master's degree in Shut up, aeronautical engineering. Wow. And an entirely separate degree in aeronautical and astronomical engineering. That's crazy. Wasn't she working? Wasn't she flying too? Yes. This is insane. And getting two higher education degrees and pregnant and birthing that her child. That is so well. You know what? You and I were both raised by women like this. I know. It's so annoying. It's so annoying. My mom is a surgeon. She was like one of the first surgeons that ever graduated from her medical school. Female surgeons, obviously. Um, she was like, breaking <laughs> you don't want to be one of the first, first surgeons, surgeons to graduate. To graduate. <laughs> no, no, you don't. No, you don't want that. Um, she like, yeah, broke boundaries in her career. Like she was the breadwinner for my family, the whole fucking, yep. my whole fucking life. I mean, not that my dad makes, you know, pennies, pennies, but, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. Definitely. She was the more like high powered. Yeah, she, yep. Absolutely. And so was your mom. Cri- mom shout out to Kristen. What's up, Kristen? Yep. Um, breaking boundaries in the construction world yes exactly she's the only woman for like miles in her field and oh, she yeah. made it to the real big leagues here in new york city in the 80s mm-hmm. all right so in 1993 she was selected to attend the u.s naval test pilot school at the naval air station in Patuxent river nice maryland cool <laughs> going slow yeah real easy mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. um which was a huge honor and after graduating she remained at the school flying fa-18 hornet and ea-6b prowler planes nice <laughs> um nathan you have got to look at these planes i'm going to show you a picture yes Woo! look at that yeah, F-18. They look sick as hell. They are so Holy cool, shit. dude. Okay. It's the coolest shit ever. All and right. then let's see the Northrop Prowler. Ooh, that is so sick. Yeah, that's like a Cold War era, like super jet. So during her time in the Navy. God, so cool. I'm, I'm being a little boy right now. <laughs> I fucking love planes and trains and stuff and, constru- and bulldozers. Every once in a while, I'll just stop. You know, because... In your daily life, in your adulthood, you kind of walk around and just take things for granted. But um, every once in a while, when like I walk past a construction site and I see like a big piece of like engineering, I'll just stop and I'll be like a little eight-year-old boy going like, "Whoa, that's a big bulldozer!" Like that kind of that's stuff. So cute. I speaking of which, that. speaking of this impulse, we need to watch. There's a new uh, David Attenborough series out called Prehistoric Earth, and it's all about the dinosaurs. And we're gonna watch it, babe. Okay. We're I've watching got a the dinosaur, dinosaur fan show. over here. Yes, we do. He'll get me into it. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay, anyway, carry right. on. So during her time in the Navy, she logged over 1,500 hours mm-hmm. in more than 30 types of aircraft and was given the Defense Meritorious Service Medal. Shit, I literally can't even pronounce. Um, <laughs> as rocks. well as the Navy Commendation Medal and the Navy Achievement Medal. What a chat. She has awards you can't even say. I know. That is so cool. So yeah, she racks up a lot of honors. Seems mm-hmm. like she's being given a fucking medal every time she turns around. Every and, time she farts. And I think it's really like 
her drive for excellence and perfection and her massive success and being honored all the time. And that's kind of the reason I went into such detail about all of these various honors. And this doesn't even scratch the surface. There's a lot more. But yeah. I just wanted to sort of highlight, like, I think it's the qualities that got her these honors are the qualities that will ultimately be her demise as well. Yeah. And it's this sort of, like, fast track to success that actually serves as sort of the conditioning for the breakdown and subsequent crimes that she'll commit later in her oh, life. Oh, yeah. I mean, can you imagine the the enormous pressure of being yourself yes also honor barely nowhere oh my god (sighs) can't help himself okay he just Um, keeps bringing the gold on june 15th 1995 lisa nowak applied to work for nasa nasa received 2400 applications that year Mm -hmm. and in early 1996 nowak was informed that she was one of 150 finalists so deemed cool. highly qualified. So cool. I wonder how many people apply to NASA that are just like normal guys. <gasps> I know. That have like a really inflated sense of self. I wonder if you even can. I, I don't know yet. I wonder if you have to Is be a part open? of some sort of program in order know. to get even the application or something. I think it's it's a government agency, which means I think that the application is open to the public. Really? Pretty sure. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Well, then that's a lower number than I would expect, honestly. I know. Okay. I'm going to apply next year. Okay. We'll, we'll see, see how, how we do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have an astronaut cousin. I do have an astronaut cousin. That is true. What's his name? His name is Nick Haig. And he was, I don't know if you remember this, but he was part of the um, joint space uh, launch. Okay. To the International Space Station uh-huh. a couple years back that was with Russia, the Soyuz. Yeah. Um, or the cosmonauts, I mean. And they had a they had to abort the launch. Uh-huh. So they had to like eject out of the rocket, wow. basically. Did they have parachutes? Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Everybody was fine. Ooh. But it was just like it was a big deal that it like something went wrong. Wow. Yeah. How long ago was this? Um, this was like I think a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. It was back when things were still like, you know hunky-dory with russia right but anyway um he so that happened to him and i've never met him but i know he's my cousin and i know there's channels through the fam people like talk to him and apparently his whole thing was not like i was afraid for my life because the because the launch went wrong he was like i was fucking pissed because i didn't get to go up into the space station yet that to me sounds like the most typical astronaut response. Yes, that is the type of attitude you have to have to have be an to astronaut. Have. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um. So she gets into NASA, mm-hmm. and she's asked to report to the Johnson Space Center in yeah. Houston, Texas, mm-hmm. for a week of orientation, interviews, and medical evaluations, which yes. will come back into play. Right. On May first, nineteen ninety-six, NASA publicly announced their very specially chosen crew. That would be 10 pilots mm-hmm. and 25 mission spe- specialists cool. out of that 150 that wow. even got to the orientation, right? Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Noak was chosen as a mission specialist for NASA, one of those 35 people. Damn. In the class of 96, her class would be the 16th group of NASA astronauts in history. Yeah. And it was a particularly big group. Mm-hmm. And that meant that they were all really close actually which we'll come back to wow but first i want to talk about other female astronauts yeah let's go do you know who the first woman in space was <sighs> probably a russian i'm guessing it was a russian it was um i don't know her name wish me luck okay let's valentina tereshkova 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 nice valentina tereshkova and dude i've seen pictures she yeah. looks like Cruella DeVille. Really? Like had a cameo in Star Trek. It's Ooh, that's really, awesome. Oh yeah. Is she she's hot? Got, Is she a mommy? Mm, I mean, she's like scary hot. Like, yeah, like she, yeah, that's what I'm You'd be about. very afraid of her, but like you'd kind of be like a little bit mm, tingled by the fear. She's got like really intense, like archy eyebrows. Uh-huh. And like just this like clear like skin with these like cheekbones. I mean, she really oh, looks like I a villain. See her. Yes, my God. Okay, yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, she looks exactly like how you described. Thank you. She does. She looks like if Cruella DeVille was in Star Trek. So she went up into space when she was 26 years old. Wow, Chad. In 1963. That's so cool. And to this day, she is the youngest woman to ever be in space. Yeah, no kidding. 63, that was early. That was early into the space program. Definitely. They wow. sent two astronauts. Okay, so how she went cool. and then the the... 
second uh-huh. woman to ever go into space uh-huh. was Svetlana Svatskiskaya. Okay. <laughs> and she uh, was a cosmonaut that went up in 1982. So it was like weirdly a long amount of time from 1963 when Valentina went up mm-hmm. and then 1982, you know, almost 20 years yeah. when Svetlana went up. Right. Which is strange. And then um, the first American woman mm-hmm. would go up, Sally Ride, in Sally 1983. Sally Ride, I have heard of her. So just yeah. a year after Svetlana. That's cool. Um, sadly, the second American and fourth woman and first Jewish woman yeah. in space, Judith Resnick, would end up dying in her second oh, space no. mission upon in the, the Challenger. Or the Challenger, the yeah. The Challenger in 1986. Damn. Rest in peace, rest in peace. That was the one with the teacher, right? The Challenger? Um. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, what a shame. Also, Jews in space. Nice. I feel like that could be the name of a It's Mel Brooks. Novel. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I was thinking of Mel Brooks, like a sketch in a Mel Brooks movie. So Lisa Nowak reported for duty at the Johnson Space Center to yes. begin her astronautical training. Yep. And she dreamed that, you know, she dreamed about, she worked towards her entire life. Mm-hmm. And on August 12th, 1996, she and her family moved into a like pretty house uh, mm-hmm. in nearby Clear Lake, Texas, nearby Houston. Cool. And um, her 1996 class was also joined by nine international astronauts. Oh, wow. Um, there were some cosmonauts. There was uh-huh. a couple Canadians. There yeah. was some, uh, there was a French guy. There was a Swedish guy, et cetera. Um, and there were so many of them. It was one of the biggest, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they were often jammed together in classrooms. It's not like the facilities expanded because this one class had um, sort of a bigger amount of qualified people and also were housing these international astronauts. So they didn't like expand their facilities. So this big class was jammed into classrooms together and just everything was very crowded for them. That's funny. And they even had a nickname for themselves, the Sardines. The Sardines. Nice, nice, nice. So in 2001, Noak becomes pregnant with twins and... I just, it was kind of funny. Like she had a baby in 1992 and then she became pregnant again in 2001. It's like nine years apart. Damn. And then I was like, that's genius because your first kid is like a babysitter now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That kid's already your babysitter. Like Uh good strategy. Like you fucking Mm -hmm. nailed childcare. Uh huh. Uh huh. He's in charge. Yeah, that's right. So meanwhile, Noak is specializing in the operation of the space shuttle's robotic arm. It's crazy, by the way, how many freak events happened in this woman's life even just so far we haven't even got to the really crazy part yet Mm -hmm. not even close because like i'm just saying like already she's like one of the first women at the naval academy she's a fucking astronaut she has twins i know isn't that funny yeah just fucking powerful magic with this lady yeah something powerful is going on with her aura so she's operating this really important robotic arm on the space shuttles, right. like at the International Space Station. Right, right. Um, and she performed her first space-related duty for cool. NASA during STS-100 mission while she was pregnant with twins. That's wild. In April 2001. Wow. Um, the crew of the space shuttle Endeavor mm-hmm. installed a robotic arm. Well, she installed it kind of in Houston from her, you know, from the computer yeah mission control yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but they had to but endeavor uh was the one who was taking the arm to the international space station so she was like a really instrumental part of that crew even though she didn't go up into space on endeavor yeah yeah. that was huge i was gonna say that would be pretty wild to be pregnant in space i wonder i mean you one can only wonder what effects that would have i don't think they would on a pregnancy no i don't think so yeah i don't think so yeah um, so in 2000, October 2001, she gives birth to her twin daughters yeah. and Noak and her husband, Richard, alternated their work schedules so that one of them was always with the children. Cool. But Nate Simpson, what else happened in the fall of 2001? The fucking, uh, Twin Towers got attacked by a couple of guys from Sarasota. Hell yeah. Yeah. So 9-11 uh-huh. and he's in the military. Yeah. A couple of guys from Sarasota and one guy from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, yep. So this arrangement obviously would not last. Uh, Richard is in the Navy, so he's recalled to active duty in 2002 to participate in Operation Enduring Freedom. Did you know they changed the fucking name on us? Yes. Yeah, so I, I knew about Enduring Freedom. You did? Yeah, I did. Was yeah. it always called that? Uh, that was... Enduring Freedom was Afghanistan, right? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was. Okay, okay. I think so. Then I, I so. just got myself confused because all I remember was uh-huh. Operation Iraqi Freedom. Iraqi Freedom. Yep, yeah, totally. Yep, wow. That was okay. it. Okay. That was the Mission Accomplished banner and everything like that. Ugh. Damn, what a weird time. I what know. a weird fucking time. Yeah, and the US military would just be there for 21 Lint more years. Biscuit <laughs> was making music. It's what? So, like, yeah, and in a more personal context, you know, her husband's deployed after 9 11. Like, that's super yeah. scary. Oh, and, that's like, terrifying. she has literal babies. Like, she has infants. Yeah, several, three. Well, two so infants crazy. and one, like, munchkin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so now she's living alone as a single mother effectively to three young children yeah yeah wow so the stress is mounting of course of course um but she's perfect because she's never failed at anything so it's all good so she handles it perfectly yeah um Uh on december 12th 2002 Mm -hmm. nasa announced the crew for sts 118 a mission scheduled for the following year november 2003 wow scott kelly would be the mission commander that's the name i remember scott kelly scott kelly yeah Charles O. Hobaugh would be the pilot. Okay. And the mission specialists would be Lisa Nowak mm-hmm. and three other people. Nice. Um, this would be Lisa's first actual mission to actual space. So cool. She is psyched. I bet she's so pumped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But something happens next. Okay. <laughs> Do tell. The mission right before hers, yeah. the space shuttle Columbia would disintegrate as it re-entered the atmosphere, killing all seven crew members. I remember watching that on TV. You watched it on TV? I I mean, I didn't see it live, but I saw the footage that day. Um, I was at a swim meet. Weirdly, I was in Columbia, Missouri. I was at a swim meet, and the fucking, yeah, Space Shuttle Columbia just broke into a million pieces and exploded. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. So the disaster was only the second fatal accident in the space shuttle program. The yeah. first being the Challenger disaster that mm-hmm. we already talked about. Mm-hmm. And that was soon after liftoff. Um, but right. this was coming back into the atmosphere after a successful mission. Yeah. Which is like weirdly more sad. Yes. Because they were so close to getting home. Yeah. And popping the champagne and fucking hanging out. Yeah. Yep. Um, so three of the seven astronauts killed aboard the Columbia were from NOAC's 1996 class. I mean, she knew all seven. Yeah. But three of them were from her class that they were super, super close. They were the sardines. Right, right, right. And one was her best friend, oh, man. Laurel Clark. Oof. Rest in peace, Laurel. So just for timeline reiteration, because mm-hmm. this is important, mm-hmm. that happened in February of 2003. Yes. Okay. So... Um, this is a quote from Noak. Mm-hmm. It's devastating for everybody. And when it's friends, people that you know, it's even harder. So this is Noak telling NASA in a pre-mission interview in 2006. Three of those people were in my class and that I knew very well. So that's hard. But I remember on that day sitting there with my son and we're both watching together everything that's happening. And he reached over and took my hand and said, Mom, I still want you to go. So it's a terrible tragedy to happen, but we know that there is a cause behind it and we're going to continue to follow that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like a tear-jerking moment for sure. Seriously, can you imagine having that moment with your kid? Fuck. So um, she's preparing for her own first mission to space. Mm -hmm. It's set to go in nine months, Mm -hmm. come that November, Mm -hmm. when, you know, the Columbia happens. So it's heartbreaking, it's unnerving, it's tragic. Yeah. I mean, like, the sudden death of a best friend is, like, a life-defining moment for anyone. Oh, God, yeah, of I course. mean, like, a capital T trauma. Seriously. But it was actually so much worse under these circumstances because she's preparing to do the exact thing that her friend did when she died. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, what is there to even say about that? That's so horrible. Yeah. And we'll she- never have a moment like that with our kids. <laughs> What? what are they gonna say yes mommy i still want you to do the podcast he's <laughs> no, <of course laughs> I mean? a fucking low stakes job yeah, it's fine yeah nobody um, dies but yeah no and and she's dealing with all that stuff alone too right her husband's still mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. so all that Jesus. and it was nasa's practice and still is to provide families of astronauts who die a personal casualty assistance officer and that's usually another astronaut yeah. Personal casualty assistance officer. Wow. Um, and so Noak performed this duty for the family of 
Laurel Clark. Shit. Um, yeah. Clark's widower, Jonathan Clark, a former NASA flight surgeon, recalled that, quote, she did everything. She went through everything. Navy paperwork, finances, bills, bank accounts. She took care of Clark's son, Lane, during the months afterwards. Man. She saw that it, what it was like to lose one of her best friends and Lane to lose a mother. And the thing is, while Lisa was doing this, she was not at home with her kids. She mm. has two very young children, and she is here 12 to 14 hours a day with my kid under the most difficult circumstances. I have to think it was hugely stressful. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, now I found this interesting. Okay, Because <laughs> you mentioned, it. like, you said the word, like, melted or something. I think yeah. I said, or, like, fell apart. Yeah. I said disintegrated. Mm-hmm. But, like, how did the Columbia actually, like, what does it mean well, how to did disintegrate? It fall apart? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I think I know this. Okay. I think I remember this. Um, tell me if I'm wrong. All right. I believe that there was a tile or a, a panel. Mm-hmm. A piece of insulative foam. Yes, that's right. That was loose, something mm-hmm. like that. And somebody had, they had checked it and people knew that it was loose before it took off. Yep. And, but it was fine on the way up, but on the way back down, it caused the um, re-entry protective barrier to, to fall apart and then Mm -hmm. thus exposing it to the, the amazing amount of friction that happens when you're re, you're re-entering through the atmosphere. Um, You know, the famous like fire burning, blazing. Um, Yep. And then that weakened the integrity of the space shuttle so much that it just literally fell apart piece by piece. You got it. That's it. That's it. You got it. Yep. The the interesting thing is like before re-entry, uh-huh. you, you mentioned that they knew. Yeah. And they did. Yeah. But NASA managers had limited the investigation. Really? Reasoning that the crew could not have fixed it if it was a problem and confirmed to be a problem. Shit. There was so, no way that they could have fixed it anyway. So don't don't fly don't, the fucking space shuttle then. Well, I know, but no, they didn't take off with the tile missing. Yeah, I know. But it did happen. I think in entry to space, mm-hmm. and then I'm just saying the the cruel um, sort of economical. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but the idea that it's actually not worth investigating to find out how big of a problem it really is yeah because there's nothing that can be done about it anyway i mean that's terrifying isn't it yeah but yeah. It, i mean it makes it makes sense it does me. yeah it's one of those it's one like of those if things. it actually is a, a problem, problem like that you can't fix it they will die and there's nothing they can do and now they'll just know it that's oh, that's terrible yeah yeah so Fuck. just if it's broken it's broken and they're gonna die and if it's not broken then it's not yeah. broken the and they're not going to die. The sort of like dark severity. Yeah. Or like the sort of weird um, coldness, austerity of that yep. that problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so like the damage when they when they mm-hmm. re-entered the atmosphere of the earth. The practicality. Allowed, yeah. yeah. Practicality. Yeah. Allowed the hot atmospheric gases to penetrate the heat shield. Yep. And, and it's so, just like, your toast, dude. They just your melt, toast. Like they literally toasted. Like they yeah. melted. It's so, so sad. Evaporated. So fucked up. Okay. So. Um, Terrifying. Now we're getting close to Opheline. Opheline. <laughs> Bill Opheline. Opheline. Oh, this is the handsome, handsome Dan. I'm going to say Bill from now on because okay. honestly that last name really trips me up. And I actually <laughs> wrote in my research document, Olifstein. Did you really? A couple of times. <laughs> so in my head, his you last name is Olifstein. I didn't have a chance. That's so funny. Ophelin. I'm just not going to say it. Uh-huh. I'm going to say Bill. Okay. Cool. William. Nice. Bill. Nice. Bill. Um, so Lisa's mission is postponed a little bit because mm-hmm. of the... Columbia disaster. The horrible and the disaster of the Columbia. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, they had to, NASA had to make a lot of protocol and hardware changes after that incident. Well, yeah. It was sort of like she said, it was like, we actually do know exactly why it happened, mm-hmm. what the problem is, mm-hmm. and we will now fix it and it'll yes. never happen again. Yes. But um, so more training ensues. In January 2004, NOAC participates in an 11 day cold weather survival training course in Canada. That's your worst nightmare. Oh. Kelsey Ann hates the cold. She's the Florida woman. You're tropical. So like if you, if the temperature dips below 64 degrees, out comes the puffy parka. Oh yeah. You (laughs) You got made fun of so good. 
At last time we saw a Cubs game at Wrigley Field, it was like 64 degrees or something like that. And she was wearing like a big heavy coat. <laughs> it's like a heavy down coat. And so the fucking guy selling hot dogs was like, you're going to be okay? <laughs> I know. He's like, you're going to be warm enough? And I was like about my business. So I was like, oh, yeah, I think so. And then I was like, wait a minute. You're fucking razzing me. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, you got razzed. You are looking ridiculous right now. The silliest bitch in the world right now. He was like, she's going to be okay, folks. Like, she's going to be fine. She's going to stay warm. Oh, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. So, um,. The, this tra- training course is in Canada. It's mm-hmm. with fellow astronauts Dominic Antonelli, nice. uh, Swedish astronaut Christian Flugelston, nice. Russian cosmonaut Dmitry Kondavajavajava. Dude, come on, come on. <laughs> Contr- He's an, uh, Con- an astronaut. Kontratyev. Kontratyev. There you go. There you go. Dmitry Kontratyev, Canadian mm-hmm. astronaut uh, and future Governor General Julie Payette. Nice, cool. And then Bill. Bill. And Lisa. Bill. 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 So Bill. the course was this. They got four days of lessons from the Canadian Armed Forces. Cold then, weather survival. You got to take all your clothes off. You got to huddle really close. That's literally what happened. No way. Okay. Tell me what happened. So then they were dropped off yeah. via helicopter uh-huh. in the wilderness of northern Quebec. Oh my God. Romantic. And they had to make their way back on foot. Whoa. And... Oh my god, it's like some Hunger Games shit. I it's know. like like fucking Jon Snow and Egret. And North of the Wall. Lisa and Bill were put together as a team. So Of course. You can only imagine what happened. Sparks were flying. Yes, this was trauma bonding. Oh yes, my yes. god. Oh my god. So when trauma Lisa clapping and Bill those cheeks. <laughs> returned to Houston, uh-huh. they began an extramarital affair. Oh. <sighs> Which they tried to hide. Rogues. Knaves. Well, as serving as naval officers, they could have actually been charged with conduct unbecoming of an officer and a gentleman. Is that is called. really funny. <laughs> um, which includes adultery. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Well, they get taken to like JAG, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. a military jail or something. Yeah, and they're sentenced to like being slapped in the face by a guy with white gloves. <laughs> you got old-timey punishments to fit old-timey crimes. I like that. Befitting an officer and a gentleman. And a gentleman. So just a short year later, in February 2005, Olafstein's... Nope, I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying his last Say name. Bill. Just say Bill. Bill. Bill's wife filed for divorce and uh, after she uncovered emails. Oh, I know. Emails. Be, don't be sloppy with your emails. This is so funny to me. I mean, these people are operating at the absolute highest level a human could operate at. They are so far beyond the curve, so far ahead of everybody else in every aspect of their life, and they don't fucking remember to delete their emails or, like, clear their For browser history. Yeah. Guys, it's simple. It's also so 2005. Get a like... new fucking email address. They're free. Totally. You know? Totally. Get a burner. Well, what he does get her a burner. Oh, nice. But they just get caught with emails. Fuck. Stupid. So she uncovers emails between Bill and Lisa. Nice. And she files for divorce in May of 2005. Right. Then Bill packed his bags and left the house. He moved into a small apartment uh, to which he gave Noak a key. Cool. She left personal effects there. It soon She soon became like a familiar site in the building. Nice. Other residents in the complex kind of knew who she was. She was that hoe over there. <laughs> yeah, they mm-hmm. So now we're going to jump into Lisa's first trip to space. We're going to leave Bill and Lisa right where they're at, their torrid affair, his divorce, and her living at his apartment, basically. And into the great blue yonder. Yes. Beautiful. Three years after the explosion, Lisa goes up on her first mission, STS-121, in July 2006. So cool. Aboard the space shuttle Discovery as a mission flight engineer Spending nearly two weeks in space. So cool. So she had just accomplished her lifelong dream. Yes. She went to space. The goal of goals. She was up in space. That is the coolest. This is the pinnacle of success. That is the coolest. She's climaxing the whole way up, I bet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But when she comes back down to Earth. That is funny. Think about it. Like, girls sitting on top of a washing machine. Like a rocket launch. That's the most powerful vibration 
Imagine, imagine the I'm sensation. Imagining. I'm, she's imagining. Bill. Think about it. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Nice. So when she comes back down to earth, mm-hmm. she becomes obsessed with going back. It was the rocket ride. Like immediately. It was the orgasms. Like doing whatever it takes. Yes. To get back there. Yes. It's space. It's the final frontier. I know. But it's like she was committed before. Yeah. But then after going. Yeah. I would think, it's just a plebe, like I would think like you scratch that itch a little bit. Like it's it's right. the, the burning itch of like yes. I must fucking make it to space. But this is one of those itches that itches more the more you scratch I think it. so. That's, I mean, good for, good for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's exactly the right woman for the job then. Yeah. That is, I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm, so she I'm begins on board. training immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I gotta get back there. And in my mind, it's like it has partly to do with her avoiding the discomfort of emotionally dealing with her friend's death three Definitely. years earlier. Definitely. Um, you know, she kind of throws herself back into her work. Yes. Like she's 100%. accomplished this huge thing. She can't take a breather. She has to throw herself back in harder. Makes sense. More intensely. Got it. Um, you know, it's like seductive, I think, to workaholics and perfectionists and overachievers like Lisa, right? It's like mm-hmm. she's got so much at stake. She's not going to like numb with drugs and alcohol. Like, <laughs> not her. You no. know, uh-uh. like she'd lose her job. She'd lose everything. Like it's not her personality. Mm-hmm. So, but what if she numbed herself with her work? Yeah. Like that's, that's acceptable, it. you know? That's it right there. Yep. So also just speculating, Lisa also seems like the type of person who would probably not be able to accept that the best things that she's going to accomplish mm-hmm. in her life are behind her. Oh, definitely not. Definitely not. I mean, you not. see the trajectory of her life. Yeah, of course. Just like... She's a high. She's a high. Um, she's a high achieving person. Like, think about like, fucking Mick Jagger hasn't stopped touring yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking, it's like when a band just keeps putting out. Like they have, they make their masterpiece, and then they just keep putting out fucking shitty, crappy albums. It's because they're the type of people who make masterpieces in the first place. They're very high achieving. They are successful. Mm-hmm. Um, they're committed. They're driven, passionate. You know, and into what so they do. So how do you turn that off? You like, can't turn it off. You can't turn it off. You can't turn it yeah. off. Yeah. So you know, I just feel like, especially for a woman who's you know nearing her forties, as Lisa would be at this time. Yeah. Um, I just feel like she personally would have a really hard time accepting that like you know she's had all her kids mm-hmm. like she's reached the pinnacle of her career she went so what it's like all down here hill from here yeah. you know uh-huh. and like if someone's mentally stable and healthy then like of course it's not because they're okay just existing being like just like so yeah. full of like richness and opportunity and experience like she could do literally anything now yeah have you she tried travel gardening? the world gardening (laughs) like she could fucking do something save lives with her robotics thing or whatever seriously seriously she could combat global warming or like just chill the fuck out no no no. (laughs) like drink wine coolers Uh -uh. yes that would be us that'll be us but um i think you're right someone who spent her entire life in like very rigid pursuits with a laid out structure i don't think she can conceive of any happiness or accomplishment that lies outside of that structure i agree yeah i agree i also think like Mm-hmm. You know, Bill's at work, too. Bill's at work, too. So yeah. Like, she wants to be at work. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, there's also something that's, like, a little bit more Come documented on. about... That, a pussy getting astronaut? I know. A, a charming, handsome astronaut? I know. You've got to be joking. Thick, dark hair. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, like, John Hamm jaw. played him in the movie. He looks like John Hamm. Oh, Come on, I know, man. so unfair. What the fuck are we supposed to do, the rest of us? Nothing around Bill. Nothing. We'll he, never, we'll yeah. never, oh, come on, man. We'll never touch the bottom of his feet. Nope. So um, there's something else I think that was going on with Lisa emotionally, mentally at this time that's been a little bit more well documented. Okay. And that is just the effects that going to space has on people's mental states. It's wild. It's really weird for them. Um, there's a writer named Frank White who pro- popularized the term the overview effect. The overview effect. In his effect. 1987 book, The Overview Effect, Space Exploration and Human Evolution. Mm-hmm. And he searched through records of hundreds of astronaut debriefings after they came back interviewed several dozen uh, astronauts and other like space travelers, space tourists in person. Mm -hmm. And their testimonies jolted him toward like this singular conclusion. 
which is pretty basic, but it's worth noting that astronauts who saw the Earth from space spoke about the planet very differently when they returned. Of course. Of course. Of and course. that phenomenon is known as the overview effect. They come back, but they're never the same. Yeah. Um, they kind of famously go into environmentalism. Like yeah. most astronauts who end up coming back yeah. all of a sudden have that. It, it almost feels like they've done hallucinogenics or like psychedelics. <laughs> right, or something. right, right. Like, uh-huh. Honestly, listening to some of these astronaut accounts is like also what I hear from people who have a particularly like religious trip on okay. ayahuasca or on peyote or on whatever. I have something to say about that. Think about, can you imagine a more psychedelic experience that you could have without taking psychedelics? Literally no. There, I mean, you are not designed for this. Yeah. You, your entire chain, unbroken chain from the beginning of single-celled organisms all the way to you has developed on Earth and you are breaking the fucking rules yeah. and you're going outside the atmosphere to stare at the Earth from fucking space? Your brain is not built to handle it. It's not built to handle it. It really isn't. And it is, it is, it shows you the fucking truth, which is that we got one of these things. We have one, one. Yes. And you're outside of it, looking in. Mm -hmm. It is a brain breaking experience. It's something that's, that if you're lucky, on the planet, you can get to have a moment of ego death that's like that. Mm-hmm. You finally realize where your place in the universe is. It's there, motherfucker. It's there. Yeah. And you ain't getting off of it. And you got one. Yep. I, I mean, it's, yeah. It's a religious experience. It's a psychedelic experience. It's a total fucking spiritual, mental, mind-altering, brain fuck. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine? Yes, exactly. So there's a Dutch astronaut, Wubo Ockels, who... um, (laughs) Sorry, that's the funniest name ever. Who was recently (laughs) dying of renal cancer in a hospital Oh, sorry, sorry, Wubo. Oh, damn, this is a roller coaster. He took to YouTube on his fucking deathbed to extol mankind to... Uh Uh, do better and he says in space you see that you only have one yeah yep the only planet you have no spare so true yeah very true um rest in peace to a king also sorry for laughing at your name but it is a funny name wubo he's dead so um But no, I mean, like, there's this, there's a Canadian astronaut, Chris Hadfield, who has, like, um, this crazy YouTube channel where he, again, Mm -hmm. makes pleas for conservationism, Mm -hmm. asking people to treat the planet, like, with the, you know, delicately, like, Mm -hmm. this affects Mm -hmm. most astronauts that come back. Yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. But, um, it sort of didn't. It didn't necessarily affect Lisa that way, mm-hmm. but it is clear to me, mm-hmm. although she's never said anything like it, yeah. that it broke her brain. Yeah. I'm sorry to put it so bluntly, and it's not as poetic as no. you know, some of the other astronauts like Wooby Ockles <laughs> that we've been talking about. Again, rest um, in peace. Uh-huh. Even Buzz Aldrin says in, a, in an autobiography that he wrote, Magnificent Desolation, mm-hmm. he writes, there was no goal no sense of calling, no project worth pouring myself into. Mm-hmm. He says that after having gone to gone space, to space. Yeah. and just coming back to Earth and being like, I don't think I care about anything. Yeah. Can you imagine caring about something? You walked yeah. on the moon. You went up to the moon and you walked on it. And it almost makes me think that it must be like coming down from a high. Yeah, I think so. Like, you know... Or like if it's at all similar to what soldiers experience when they come home from war. I think so. It's like they just have trouble adjusting back to the mundanity of like real life and just small I have to go to the fucking grocery store now? I have to buy toilet paper? I was just on the fucking moon. And I I literally saw that none of that, none of this toilet paper doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Nothing matters. I don't matter. You don't matter. We're all one. Yes. And we only have one planet. And there's no political affiliation. There's no country boundaries. No. It's just this beautiful, like, yes. orb that makes you cry and when you look at yes, it. Yes, and we're animals that live on it. And now I'm arguing with my wife about dishes. Like... Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine? Yeah, you'd want to kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, boys and girls, that's our show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, We're coming at you next week with a whole other hour of material for you about Lisa Nowak, the crimes that she got into, the things, and trust me, things get absolutely bizarre in the next episode. So definitely tune in. That'll be next Tuesday. Regular uh, mini-show dropping for you on Friday. As always, if you liked what you heard, Give us a, a rating. Uh, give us a comment. Hit subscribe. Helps us out in the algorithm. And keep checking in next week. Our our listenership keeps growing and growing. We're super excited. We love doing this. And we love you. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Mwah. <laughs>